0: Yes, I do, Sister White.
1: We will not fear.
2: The kingdom is alive. The kingdom's on the move with the poor and the meek and the hungry and
1: the lonely. I'll never forget it. Hey, it's uh, a fun treat to have my two guests here, Alyssa. The managing editor for the Spectrum website, someone who's been on here before, and then a new person to the podcast, but an uh, old friend of Spectrum. Welcome, Rachel.
0: Hi. Thanks for having me.
1: And I'll say hello to Alyssa as well. How's yeah, it going?
0: Thank, uh, Good. Thanks for having me
1: again. Great. Well, um, let me introduce Rachel briefly as uh, a former STAR intern. Of spectrum <laughs> is that right
0: i mean i guess it depends on who you ask but thank
1: you <laughs> yeah. and, and where are you now
0: i am down in um the southern california adventist mecca loma linda
1: oh good i'm sure i'm sure you are helping the adventists <laughs> just like you did at spectrum
0: Yes, thank you.
1: Good. Well, um, the theme for this show is The Road to the GC, our exciting year-long series. Uh hope we survive this series before GC happens. And what we've got are two great folks to help answer questions and be a guide to anyone who has never been to a GC session before. And they're also going to tell us some fun stories. But I want to start out, um, Alyssa, and then I'll ask the same question to you, Rachel. What was your kind of first impression when you arrived in kind of GC Central where lots of people were?
2: Oh, wow. Well, I think first impression is it was just completely overwhelming. (laughs) There were so many people. uh, I want to say that I think this the 2015 san antonio session had like 70,000 at its peak and so you kind of just walk into the alamo dome and there's just people everywhere so that was my first impression and it was it was a lot especially for an introvert like me
1: yeah rachel
0: I mean, just to echo Alyssa, it is very overwhelming. And um, if anybody is going to GC, expect to run into somebody you knew, maybe a former fifth grade teacher or an old CAM counselor, because everybody and their mom is at GC and people just come from so far away. It's truly amazing, you know, for us in Northern uh, Northern, California. North America, you know, it's not that far for us, but people are coming from all over the world and it's just astounding that they make the trip and it's really meaningful to them. And I, I just found that amazing.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I always appreciate just seeing the diversity of Adventism, um, not only, with uh kind of the ideas that are represented but also the incredible outfits that people have and the food that's there um let's uh kind of what what kind of tell me about what you remember of your the kind of day-to-day rhythms of the gc what do you, what stands out for you
0: go ahead Alyssa
2: <laughs> oh wow okay well now I have to like think back
1: I know. Four, and a half, four years
2: um, so well first of all like there was a lot of like waking up early going to bed really late especially you know for the spectrum team because we were you know reporting on everything but um, the thing that I remember most is you know getting there even though we were getting there super early I want to say like 7am every morning there was still like these huge lines you know you're standing in line for a solid 10-15 minutes to get through like the metal detectors and have your bags searched and everything because you know of course anytime you're dealing with that many people um, in a, a, a stadium a sports arena you're gonna need to make sure everyone's coming in and and being you know safe to be around um, yeah. But so it was just, that was a lot. The delegates kind of have their own special areas like, that you were able to get through faster. But if you're just like a normal Adventist like me, you know, you're standing in line for a long time before you get to actually go anywhere or see anything.
1: Yeah, there's definitely a two tier thing. I think there's a roughly around 2000 delegates and they are, you know, they're the people who are there to make the decisions. Let's be honest. They're just sitting there like flipping through books and uh, raising their hands every once in a while. (laughs) But um, then there's the rest of us.
2: (laughs) right? Right.
1: So Rachel,
0: I would say that the daily flow is so interesting because like Alyssa was saying, there's the regular peons who are coming in (laughs) and then there's the delegates. And um, it was interesting because some sessions, they had these sessions going in the, in the main area. And then there was also um, where all the booths were. And so it was interesting because you'd have these big sessions happening that were important things were being discussed. And then at the same time, you'd have people shopping for pens at at the (laughs) booths. Um, (laughs) one, One thing we found so interesting was we'd be overrunning the spectrum booth, what have you. And we see all these delegates coming by, and like, oh, can I get this pen? And we're like, don't you have something to vote on? What are you doing here? <laughs> yeah. um, so you get a you get a lot of that, but um, yeah, just making your way through. There's so much to see. You can pick and choose the sessions you attend, but everything is so interesting and high energy.
1: So. Yeah. You both were there. Um, uh, you were not the average person there because you were representing spectrum and spectrum and you reporting. Um, tell us about what you found interesting. So we were kind of up in the media area overlooking everything, um, which is uh, something I always appreciate, um, getting that perspective up there. Um, what do you, what memories do you have of, uh, of being up there and uh, trying to kind of follow what was happening and and do some sort of uh, writing and reporting? (laughs)
2: Uh, Well, um, I would say, so first of all, like being in the press box of the Alamo Dome is probably the coolest thing I've ever experienced (laughs) in my life. And I was pretty brand new to Spectrum at the time. I'd only been working for Spectrum for about like seven months as the spirituality editor at that time. And so, well, I'd never met anyone from the team in person. Like, I got to meet everybody (laughs) in San Antonio. And then we're up in this press box. And it was just really cool. Um, But I think one of the things that I experienced uh, for the first time was just seeing... Uh, people's reaction to Spectrum, which is something I'd kind of been told about, but I'd never experienced firsthand. And so, you know, we had plenty of people who were coming up and being like, I love Spectrum. Thank you for what you do. You know, independent journalism is so important. And that was really affirming. But then you also had the people who, <laughs> you know, were taking the opportunity to um, say maybe not as nice things uh, right to your face and and in some cases being rather aggressive <laughs> with their opinions <laughs> (laughs) And that was a little intense, you know, I tend to be a really quiet, like mild mannered person. So when you have someone in your like right in your face, just being like, uh, (laughs) saying things that I won't repeat (laughs) recorded session, it was that was that was a little dramatic. And I don't think I was quite prepared
1: for that. And on the other hand, Rachel, you were like, yeah, bring it on. Let's argue. <laughs>
0: well, I was, I was doing some tweeting. So I was a bit sassier cause I was not on the official, um, spectrum Twitter account. Right. Um, but I was having, yeah, I was having a great time. Um, I did a lot of Twitter roundups when I was there. Kind, My main role when I was there was getting the feel of the crowd. Um, Alyssa was doing a bit more hard-hitting journalism. <laughs> and I was more with the people. And um, I was really trying to communicate what was the atmosphere like? What was it like if you were there for all the people at home who couldn't be there? Um, And it was really rewarding to be able to connect with people about that. But one of the main challenges that honestly I was not expecting was having grown up Adventist my whole life and been in the Adventist school system, you know, kindergarten through university and summer camps and Bible camps and just all of those things. I really felt like a tried and true Adventist, but being in those sessions, there is so much happening on stage. Um, I was really—it was really helpful to have Alyssa and our friend Jared Wright interpreting for me some of the things <laughs> that were happening because there is a lot of policy in the way these sort of things are run in a formal nature, and um, you know, taking this, taking the floor and asking questions. There's all these procedures, and it—you know—if you don't know what's going on, some political statements can be being made and they're just going right over your head if you're not paying attention or you don't understand what's happening. Um, And so that was something I didn't expect, but that was something that I felt like Spectrum was really good at explaining through their articles and their coverage, because if you don't know what to look out for, there's some things that you're missing that are a little bit under the wire.
1: That I'm so glad you said that. Um, And I want to pause on that for a second because I think that is really um, significant. After all, it is the church... in a business session and they are making huge decisions and, and I'm with you, there have been so many times where I'm just sort of zoned out and then I'll, you know, somebody will say like, oh, they're voting on this. And I'm like, what? Oh (laughs) my goodness. They're changing the official belief right now. (laughs) (laughs) And half the delegates are not even in the room. Yeah, so, it really—it's it, shocking to me sometimes.
2: Yeah, I thought that was a really wild part. I mean, one of the obviously uh, women's ordination um, kind of overshadowed everything else at the 2015 session. But the one of the other topics I thought was really interesting was on fundamental belief number six about uh, the six day literal six mm-hmm. day creation. And we kind yeah. of—I uh, oh, say we—but the delegates uh, na- ended up voting to narrow the definition of what we believe about creation. creation and that was just wild to me, you know, like we're sitting there like watching this unfold and Rachel's tweeting and I'm tweeting and Jared's tweeting and Alex you're periscoping and we're just like, wait a minute. (laughs) Like, like that's great that these two thousand people are speaking for, you know, twenty million Adventists about what we believe about creation. But it was it's just the craziest thing to watch that unfold in front of you and be like, Oh, I guess we all believe something else now because that's how that works. (laughs)
1: Yeah. All right. Well, let's jump back, um, and I'm wondering if you would offer some advice for someone who's maybe thinking about going to the GC session or will be going for the first time. Um, What are some things that they should, I don't know, pack? uh, (laughs) Not just physically, but maybe mentally and spiritually (laughs) to take with them (laughs) um, so that they can survive and and find it a, a kind of you know, enjoyable experience. Uh,
2: well, the first thing that I would say, and I say this with complete seriousness, is bring the most comfortable pair of walking shoes that you have. Uh, <laughs> because totally. you will be doing so much walking. And, um, you know, the Alamo Dome, uh, all around the Alamo Dome was under construction. And so you actually had to go, if you were wanting to flip flop between the Alamo Dome and then the convention center where all of the booths and all the cool things were being sold and given away, you had to like walk all all the way outside and then all the way around is this huge thing. And I've actually I've been to um, the Lucas Oil Stadium in Indianapolis where the 2020 session will be held. I was there last year for a different event. And it's a lot of walking there as well to get from the convention center to the stadium. Uh, It's a good 15-minute walk between those two venues. Um, It is indoor. There's indoors. There's carpeting. But you're still going to be doing a lot of walking. So pack those shoes and plan to wear
0: them all the time.
1: Yes. Great advice. Rachel? Rachel?
0: Um, I would say I was going to say shoes. So I'm glad, <laughs> glad Alyssa covering because my feet really, my feet really did hurt. You're going to get your ten thousand steps, so maybe pack your Fitbit so you can track that. Um, I would say to go in a different route. I would say um, spiritually pack your faith because it will be tested. Um, mm. I you know, I don't know. I was doe-eyed when I attended and I was just, you know, raised by like a feminist mom. And when I went to, when I went to this GC, I was so sure that women's ordination was going to pass and this would be this, you know, amazing experience. And, you know, it ended with some disappointment and tears and you know I remember I was standing there with Alyssa and we were holding hands waiting for the vote and when it didn't pass it's just like the wind was pushed out of me um, I remember Alex you were like can I be in the box with my wife <laughs> for when it you know everyone was just trying to find their safe place to hear the the result mm-hmm. and when it didn't happen um, I remember immediately after we um, there was some kind of meeting and you guys can fill in the blanks I'm not remembering all the details but some North American Adventists. Yeah. Immediately following, and the walk from where we had been sitting when the vote was announced to getting there was just so disappointing because there were so many people cheering and they were kind of like, aha, we won. And you know, we were walking through and I was just feeling so much disappointment and I really felt shaken. But when I got into that room with some of the other North American Adventists, it was really such a moving experience because that's when I really felt the community um, of people who shared similar beliefs to me and we all hugged, we cried, we sang um the men came and prayed over the woman and um it really was moving but i was shaken and so stay strong in what you believe because you're going to go to this thing and they're going to vote on creation and they're going to vote on all these things but really it just matters you know that you have your beliefs and you um stay true to those
1: mm, yeah beautifully said thanks for that reminder yeah those were that was a tough year um boy there was so many kind of weird moments um so we've kind of talked of spiritually packing something physically i would add food to that Just <laughs> on a, uh, it's kind of hard sometimes to find uh decent food but um although eating out uh with groups is uh, a helpful way of not only physical sustenance but also restoring a kind of uh spiritual connection I would say definitely any other thing that someone should be prepared for if it's their first time
2: oh well I think you know Well, I really appreciated what Rachel just said about kind of like having your safe space, you know, when your faith is going to be tested. And I think that's so true. You know, uh, for me, just the spectrum team became that safe space. And so I think definitely if you're going to be attending for the first time gathering, like either whether it's your spouse or significant other or some family members, some friends, attending with somebody else. um, So you can kind of be going through this process together um, if at all possible. I think that would be Really helpful. I know it was helpful for, for me <laughs> to, to be able to be going through it with others. Well,
1: yeah. Well let's actually in, uh, extend an invitation to uh, any of our listeners that will be there. They definitely need to come hang out with us yes. at the spectrum booth or catch us between venues um, and uh, say hello so that we can uh, see our community. <laughs> All right, advertisement over. Um, <laughs> um, Rachel, so you did um, you did a lot of work for us on social media. In fact, many folks have mentioned how much they appreciated um, what you were doing there. The kind of snarky uh, commentary <laughs> that you were adding okay. to help folks understand what was going on. Um, where, like. Um, I'm just kind of curious if you wouldn't mind talking a little bit about um w- you know what that meant for you w- what you remember from that experience because it was um a, a huge part of what spectrum's kind of media presence was at the GC session
0: Twitter for me was really helpful because um you know when you're looking at the delegates it's interesting I when I attended um When I attended GC, I was maybe, what, 22, 23 years old. So there was not a lot of people my age, Uh, especially when looking out at the delegates, um, especially females. So if you're looking for a 22-year-old female, she was few and far between um, (laughs) in the delegates. So um, it was really nice to be on Twitter because... not to say there wasn't um, anybody older than older than thirty on Twitter, but it was nice because I was able to connect with other people um, my own age and in my kind of bracket, Aventus, like across the United States and beyond. And it was nice to um, get that community and connect connect everyone in that way. But doing it through Twitter, it was nice because it really created a conversation. You know, I was tweeting out what was happening, but people were sharing their ideas. We were conversing, going back and forth, talking about what votes meant to us, what we were hoping to see. And so it really created that dialogue that I felt like was so helpful in bringing it all all the way around. So I just thought it was a cool experience.
1: Yeah, I'm glad you said dialogue because I um, remember it becoming a kind of fun thing to follow the general conference session hashtags and and get kind of like a conversation behind the scenes among some really interesting folks with, um, you know, a diversity of perspectives um and it was nice to kind of have that real time experience so i'm i'm looking forward to seeing what happens this year media always changes so it'll be uh, interesting to see if that remains as valuable or if something else um you know has come along and will uh, alter our experience in in some new way
0: to add on to that sorry i just think yeah. it's interesting if you are going to be following on twitter um Follow several different people because what I was tweeting out was so vastly different than what was coming out of the GC official Twitter account. (laughs) Um, If you're following along on Twitter, follow that main hashtag, and then you're going to find several prominent voices. So I was tweeting out with, I would say about 10 or 15 other people pretty consistently who were there present at the conference. So if you're following those 10 or 15 different people, you're really going to get a full picture of what's going on because we're all coming at it from different perspectives and ideas. And so if you're staying on that hashtag and you're following those few people, um, you'll really get a robust experience of, of dialogue.
1: Yes. Um, I'm, And I remember lots of memes. So I'm hoping that <laughs> memes will still be around. I don't
2: think you can get through GC session with your sanity intact, unless you're like memeing your way through it. Really? <laughs>
1: <laughs> <Doing some good laughs> to memes. add on to what Rachel was saying
2: about you know following different um, people on Twitter, uh, you know, for me it was really interesting too to not just see all the people tweeting, but to see the different news reports that were coming out each day from all of the different outlets, and to see how those varied um, quite a bit depending on, you know, whether it's Spectrum, kind of saying, hey, look, here's how it is, here's the good, here's the bad, Um, or the official news outlets being like, look, this wonderful thing happened, our, you know, definition of creation is now so much more solid, you know, and so, so getting a um, solid perspective um, on what is being said, how it's being said, who's saying it, um, in the various articles coming out was really, uh, really eye-opening.
1: That's great. All right. This will be um, my last main question. This one's a little bit of a curveball, um, which is uh, if there was one thing that you could wave a magic wand and change about the general conference session. Somebody puts you up in a uh, in a executive committee and you have the power, you're chairing the committee, you have the power to make this happen. What's the one thing that you would change to make it better? (laughs) I know it's a big one that I threw at you here at the last minute. So, Oh, um, I'm
0: so ready. I'm so ready. (laughs) Um, I would say more representation across the board in terms of delegates. I, if I could change anything, I would make it so much more diverse than what I saw. Um, I wish there was just more representation just across the board. And I also wish there was a stricter enforcement of the delegates actually attending <laughs> some of the sessions. And I know we made a, t- a joke about it earlier, yeah. but it really truly we'd be at the booth and, Flocks of delegates would be at our booth, hanging out, laughing, just like wandering the convention center. And we're like, don't you have somewhere to be? So I think that it would be so great if there was more representation and just, I don't know, more seriousness Put on the fact that you're there and you're representing so many people, and so many people would love to be a delegate and for whatever reason aren't or can't be, and um, for them to take their tasks seriously. Nice. Yeah, well, well, so said. Rachel stole my first idea, <laughs> which was
2: um, better repre- representation. <laughs> I think, you know, if the delegates could um, actually. Um, the delegate representation, if that actually matched the membership representation, you know, in terms of age and women versus men and this sort of thing, I think you might get um, results that more adequately expressed what the total membership thinks. But um, so there's that. But since Rachel already mentioned that, yeah. <laughs> um, I'd say in addition to that, I think it would be fantastic if ahead of GC and kind of the months beforehand, um, Obviously, the GC, the General Conference, knows what big topics like women's ordination or creation are coming up down the pipeline. They've, they've, you know, they will have voted on the agenda um, at annual council before several months beforehand. And if they could start sending out information about here's, here's what this is, here's why this vote matters, here's what will be discussed, so that people know, because I I think that everybody gets to GC session, and they may have seen the agenda beforehand, but even the delegates are kind of a little confused about, like, why this vote matters and what it really means. We saw that with the women's ordination vote, where even now there's still confusion about what was actually voted concerning women's ordination, and people don't understand the um, the actual um, item that was voted, that it was like, hey, can divisions decide for themselves on women's ordination, yes or no, instead of is women's ordination okay, blanket statement. And, and so you see these, this confusion happening. And if yeah. there was more communication ahead of time, um, perhaps that would alleviate it. And it would also give people maybe a sense that they were they were more involved and invested in the decisions that were happening as well.
1: Nice. Well, this is Spectrum, and um, I believe in hope as an essential element of human um, nature. Uh, So let's end on a hopeful note, and I'm just curious what, um, as you think about the church that both of you uh, are part of, and you think about not just the GC session, but... Um, Adventism in general. What uh, gives you hope as we move towards another um, session um, where the church is really, you know, kind of focused on power in um, sometimes uncomfortable ways? Why hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, should Rachel go first on that? <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, great. Um, I think that it's important to remember that even though there are things that we may not all agree upon, there are some things that I feel like for the most part we do agree upon and that, you know, Jesus is our Lord and with him we can put all of our faith and trust. And he has our best interests at heart. So no matter what's happening here on earth with, you know, the church that we attend, um, ultimately, as long as you have that connection with God, it's going to be Okay. Nice. Yeah. Um, well,
2: so I will always say one of the things that brings me hope is is millennials and Gen Z, kind of the next generation. Um, but since I <laughs> said that last time I was on the podcast, I will add to that, that one of the things that I sometimes have to constantly remind myself when I'm at things like GC Session and Annual Council, but that also gives me hope is that no matter what you believe on any topic that's being discussed we all love the church and that's why we're so passionate about our views on these different topics because we love the Adventist church. We love God. And if we can continue having conversations and really listening to each other, maybe we can learn how to love each other too in the process. And so I have hope for that. Wow. That was beautiful.
1: Amen. Well, it's been great talking with both of you. Thank, Thank you. you so Thank much, you for Alyssa. for and Rachel, it's great to have you back <laughs> under the Spectrum banner.
0: <laughs> always, a always, always a pleasure. Always a pleasure. I miss, miss you guys. Too.
1: Yeah, we miss you too.
0: Thanks, Alex. All right.
1: Thanks a lot. Take care.
0: Thank you. Yes, I knew Sister
1: White. We will not fear.
2: The kingdom is alive. The kingdom's on the move the poor
1: and the me and the hungry and the lonely. I'll never forget it.